Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, hi again, everyone. I'm Ten Chen Sports Director Mark Renee. This is On The Mark. We take a look at the stories behind the stories in the world of sports. And today we are joined by the longtime voice of the Brooklyn Nets, also a TNT NBA broadcaster. You've seen and heard him on CBS and Westwood One with the NFL and college basketball and on Tennis Channel with the various tournaments, including the U.S. Open. He joins us today from the NBA's Orlando Bubble, a place that when we spoke for the Play-by-Play with me podcast about eight weeks ago, he did not expect to be. Ian Eagle is with us. Good morning, good sir. Thank you for joining me. Yes, Mark, life takes unexpected turns, doesn't it? It always does. Uh, Real quick, before we talk about your life in the bubble you had another proud Papa moment yesterday before the Nets played the Clippers. You got to do a, a little bit of a sit down with your son, Noah, who is a broadcaster for the LA Clippers. Uh, I know you too had sat down a couple of years ago before a CBS broadcast um, of a Syracuse and University of Miami game. And certainly you have interacted with him since he became a broadcaster for the Clippers, but what was it like? I mean, aside from the obvious fun that you guys had recording this thing, uh, from a paternal standpoint, what was it like to be able to do a piece like that yesterday? Oh, yeah, very cool. Obviously, when the NBA schedule came out to start the season, the Nets and Clippers, we circled both matchups, and the way things were going to work out, I was not going to be able to work either one of those games. I had the Atlantic 10 championship scheduled for CBS. That was the first meeting on the original NBA schedule. And then I had the NCAA tournament during what would have been the second meeting between the Nets and Clippers. So this whole season, we just accepted the fact we were not going to be able to share that moment. And based on everything that's gone on in this circuitous route to get to this point, Somehow we ended up doing the same game at the same time, and we had some fun. I interviewed him on Yes. He interviewed me on Fox Sports West, and a really special moment for the two of us. Odd, (laughs) I'm in the bubble. He's in a studio in L.A. the size of a closet, but we made it work, and obviously that shared experience has, has been so unique. Yeah, speaking of experience, what has your experience in this bubble in Orlando been like for the last few weeks? It's been good. A very basketball-centric. I'm focused on the games, and the games have delivered. I think that was the one X factor that we didn't know about when all of this started and this process began. It 
looks like the NBA, it sounds like the NBA, it feels like the NBA, and that's based in part on the presentation, which has been outstanding. But it's also based on the fact that these players are getting after it. The effort level has been very high. The competition has been excellent. And the professional pride has kicked in. So the one part of this whole equation that we didn't know, would the players buy in? They have. They're fully engaged. And if anything, what I'm sensing is they're getting a bit more ornery as the days go on. And a lot of the trash talking now is very apparent and players are interacting at a level that we don't even see during the normal regular season and playoffs because you have a crowd, because you have sound effects. They can hear exactly what everyone is saying at every moment of the game. Yeah, that's very true. And obviously, uh, we've had some situations in baseball, especially uh, very recently, the A's and Astros. I don't know if you caught this. Mm -hmm. I know you were busy yesterday, but uh, they had a little dust up, benches cleared. Um, Ramon Laureano of the A's got into it with uh, Alex Cintron, one of the coaches for the Astros, who was taunting him after he got hit by a pitch. And uh, that's one of the things, you know, you can hear everything. Everybody's chirping. Usually you can't hear everything necessarily. And it touched off some some uh, ill will, ill feelings. And I think when, you know, when people say one of the very important protocols is no fighting, (laughs) you go out and you start a fight. Obviously the NBA uh, doesn't have the COVID-19 issue that Major League Baseball has right now being in the bubble. And the last report we got, I think was on Wednesday, Ian, that uh, of all the tests, 340 some odd tests, there were no positives. So obviously that is a positive as it relates to the NBA, how safe do you feel being a broadcaster in that environment, in that bubble? Incredibly safe. Uh, They have been vigilant on all levels. I'm in a different tier than the players, coaches, officials, staff members. And because of that, I don't interact with them. There is never a moment during my stay that I will see a player, see a coach, see an official, We are in separate quarters, but within our mini bubble, uh, very safe. Every time you walk downstairs, if you enter the lobby, you're getting a temperature check. I get tested twice a week. So I've had a total of six tests so far since I've been down here. And there's really not a lot of socializing. I go to my room. I do my prep work. I watch a bunch of games. I go to the venue, I do the game, I get back on a bus, Uh, nobody's allowed to sit next to one another, everyone's spread out, usually three, four rows apart, I go back to my room, I rinse, I repeat, that has been the routine, and I'm okay with that, we understand the ambitious nature of this, and the NBA, fortunately, has seen this go like clockwork, and We understand as well that it's also tenuous. You can't for a moment just assume that they're in the clear. They still have to be cognizant and aware that this could break down if you don't continue to follow the rules and regulations. So I give the NBA a ton of credit on so many levels, not just the games themselves, but making sure that they're keeping everybody healthy and they're keeping everybody safe.
Well, we know there was some we know there were some complaints early on from the players about the quality of the accommodations and the quality of the food. Um, how many Magic City chicken wing runs have you not gone on <laughs> that you wanted <laughs> yeah. to go on? Yeah, I, I have some cravings, Mark. I'm human. Uh, there are things that that I miss, uh, but for the most part, I've I've gotten whatever I've needed. And there's never been a moment where I've thought to myself, man, I just got to get out of here. I'm excited about the games. I'm excited about the fact that the NBA has returned. And everybody that is here feels the same way. Everybody recognizes that uh, this is a collaborative effort. And I think that's where the NBA must also get a great deal of credit. Uh, They've understood from the start that Uh, This is not going to be just one faction of this crew that's going to get it done. Everybody has to work in unison uh, to make sure that this is done right. And at least all the people that I've talked to, uh, they understood that going in and they followed through on that during their stay in the bubble. All right, before we talk about the Nets, who have been uh, mini juggernaut down in Orlando, four and two, they've beaten the Bucs and last night the Clippers. Uh, that Bucks win, the biggest point spread upset in the NBA since 1993. I, I want to ask, because you mentioned to me uh, before we started this interview that you were coming home later in the week, what is your sense emotionally about leaving the bubble? Is it one of relief? Is it uh, one of anxiety? What, what's going through your head? Well, you first want to complete the task. Uh, that's, that's your first objective is you get assignments and you want to do well in your assignments. And then it's just natural that there's an exhale and you move on to the next part of your schedule. So after the bubble, I will head back to the Northeast. I'll get ready for the next playoff games and you'll turn the page and then get ready for the NFL and so on and so forth. The hope is that we get back to a point where uh, this starts to feel normal again and you don't feel the anxiety and the angst uh, that we felt over the last five months. But for now, it's all about completing the assignments, uh, ending on a high, making sure that the games that I cover are uh, handled in the right way, and then I move on to, to the next thing. But for now, I'm still very comfortable with, with where we are. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling confident that we're hopefully going in the right direction. All right, let's talk Nets, if you don't mind. 18 for 21 in the first quarter last night. Did I read that right? Yeah, nuts. Nuts. The best shooting quarter in the NBA this season. That's what the Nets put together it does feel like bubble madness there's this whole season that took place prior to the pandemic and we all formed opinions based on not just the data but what we saw with our own two eyes which teams are good which teams aren't which teams are stuck in a rut then we have this long layoff we have this new format and with that has brought these new narratives around the nba Players stepping forward, T.J. Warren and Michael Porter and Gary Trent getting a lot of attention, and rightfully so. Teams like the Phoenix Suns and the Brooklyn Nets surprising people with their play. These teams were not that consistent during the regular season. That 
why they were not in the conversation when bubble play started, but things have changed dramatically. That doesn't mean it's going to translate over to the postseason. It may go back to our pre-pandemic opinions, but for now it's been a whole lot of fun just to see some of these teams bond together and form chemistry and perform at a high level here on the NBA campus. And the Nets, of course, have been doing this all season without KD. He's still recovering from the Achilles. Kyrie had the injury. He was probably not going to play even if the season had continued beyond the middle of March. But they're missing so many other guys. And yet, as I mentioned, four and two since the restart. I don't know that very many people saw this coming. No. And Jock Vaughn has done a tremendous job bringing these guys together. The offense has been different. Under Kenny Atkinson, it was more focused on three-point shooting. Mid-range was not necessarily a part of, of their approach. And now it's let it fly. I've seen Joe Harris take more mid-range jumpers in the bubble than I did in his entire Nets career. So clearly, Jock Vaughn has empowered these guys to maybe open things up and be open to the idea that they can do some different things out on the floor. And he's doing it with a a bunch of new players. Tyler Johnson is very much now in the rotation, and he has delivered for Brooklyn. Chris Chioza has emerged as uh, someone that they rely on uh, to bring them energy and to change the pace of the game. Jared Allen, more responsibility. Lavert has looked like a star. Joe Harris, the all-around skills have been on full display. The veteran presence and savvy of Garrett Temple. It's, it's been a really nice surprise to see this group come together, form chemistry in a short period of time, and remind everybody that basketball is a team sport. That If you play as a team, you can accomplish great things. They beat Milwaukee. They beat the Clippers. Look, the Bucks did sit their starters in the second half, but they went toe-to-toe with them in that first half, and more than held their own. They led at halftime. The Clippers, no Paul George. Kawhi Leonard was in the game, and Kawhi Leonard had taken over during a stretch where he was motivated to win the game, and the Clippers still couldn't get over the hump. So it shows you just how far this team has come in a very short period of time. All right, Jacques Vaughn still officially the interim head coach. Uh, Do you see that he needs to do anything else to stake his claim to the full-time gig? Well, I think he's impressed people. There's no doubt about it. Uh, This is not a a simple choice for the franchise. They have to determine who the right coach is for the team they're going to have next year. This is not necessarily the team they're going to have next year, currently in Orlando. No Durant, no Kyrie, no Spencer Dinwiddie, no DeAndre Jordan, no Torian Prince, no Wilson Chandler, no Nick Claxton. All of those guys could potentially be in the rotation next year. So uh, for Jock Vaughn, he could only do what he's doing right now, and that's coach his tail off and do everything in his power to form a, a unified unit out there. And he's done that. And he's done it with excellent adjustments in game as well. It's not just what they're doing during practice and in preparation for the games. What I've noticed from Jock is his ability to change and make adjustments in-game, defensive adjustments, uh, changing the way they defend star players. We saw it with Adetokounmpo. We saw it with Kawhi Leonard. 
And then offensively, the free-flowing offense that he has brought has certainly stood out during this stay in the restart. Still two games to go before we get to the playoff portion of the schedule, and it will be an Eastern Conference quarterfinal matchup with the defending champions, the Toronto Raptors. Ian, what kind of shot do you give them? It's really interesting. Toronto was the first team here. Uh, Just based on what was going on in Canada and the fact that they wanted to remove everybody and get them into the same spot, and because of travel issues, they just thought it was the best-case scenario to get them down to Florida. So they had a head start. They just did. Uh, They were together earlier. Uh, They got to... Uh, get a feel for what this campus life was going to be like. And with that, I thought they performed very well in the bubble. With that said, it's not the same team as last year. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. They are still outstanding. They could easily go to the NBA Finals again. But the mystique is not quite what it once was. Uh, That's not to say that they're going to get upset in the first round. I think the Nets certainly are going to be an overwhelming underdog in that series. But this Brooklyn team has shown good fight. And if they're shooting the ball like we've seen at times during the NBA restart, they're a team that could surprise some people and maybe push the defending champions more than they expected from whatever they thought their first-round matchup was going to be. All right, before I let you go, I have to ask you about the NFL. Uh, have you at all started preparing for a possible season yet? I have not. I have not until I have real clarification of what's happening with no preseason that took away that full month of immersing yourself in the NFL. So my hope is that week one, we get the assignment, we go out, We carry out the assignment, we move on to week two, and so on and so forth. I think that's the NFL's hope as well. The league plans on playing. Uh, There are still a lot of loose ends that need to be tied up from a player's perspective. How we fit in on the broadcast side is still yet to be determined. That's a fluid situation. I think every network is trying to figure out the best way to approach it and how to keep their employees safe. And I understand the challenges involved. This is not an an easy endeavor. Uh, This takes logistics, and it's it's still being discussed. So crossing my fingers that it's all going to work out. Uh, The NFL, as we know, is a behemoth. Uh, They don't want to miss a season. Uh, Financially, they don't want to miss the season. And also, uh, everything that they've built, they want to continue the climb, and they want to build towards – the Super Bowl, but they have to do it under conditions that will be healthy for their players, their coaches, their staff members, a football team. It's not just the 53 players. Uh, There are a lot of ancillary pieces that go along with getting a football team ready every week and then traveling on the road. Uh, So all of those things are still very much in the discussion. And let's just hope that They can figure it out. And lastly, for the curious among us, uh, the fact that there are no preseason games for you to call 
throws an extra little wrinkle at you, especially because you will have a new partner in the booth in Charles Davis. So how will that affect any sort of chemistry that you might be able to build with him that you had already established over the years with uh, Dan Fouts? Well, we have done a Zoom for 16 consecutive weeks. So four months we have become Zoom buddies. And in a strange way, Mark, it, it feels like we would not be nearly as close if there wasn't this pandemic. Huh. That if, if it was a normal off-season, we probably would have talked a few times. We might have seen each other once. But we're talking about 45 minutes a week of spending time with one another, looking at one another on camera, and learning about each other's lives, not just football and our opinions, but really learning about one another. It's been invaluable. Evan Washburn, our sideline reporter, has been a part of it. Our producer, Mark Wolf, our director, Bob Fishman, they've joined in at various points. And I just feel like we're going to hit the ground running. There's this familiarity that has already been created based on technology. And yes, it's virtual. And at some point, we're going to have to do it for real. But I feel really comfortable and ready for game number one. I don't I don't think it's going to be a tough transition at all. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> I hope you are, but I really I had no idea. Yeah. No, it's been it's been great, truly. That's fantastic. Listen, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate it. Please stay safe and well and uh safe travels uh, at the end of this week when you come back home. Yeah, thanks Mark. Always great talking to you. That is the great Iron Eagle. I'm Mark Ernay, and you're on the mark. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 